This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about corn tortillas. Yep, I I really thought you were about to say chili. I kind of forgot we were doing corn tortillas. Yeah, Matthew made some chili for us to eat with the corn tortillas, and it's like 10, 15 a.m., and I didn't quite have enough breakfast this morning. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, so, so chili, homemade chili and corn tortillas has never tasted better. So, corn tortillas. Corn I'm just going to eat here for a second. Yeah. Mm. Memory lane. Mm. Let's go there mm. and see what we find. The tortillas of my youth were flour tortillas. And to be clear, we're talking about soft corn tortillas. Yeah, because we, we, we did the a crunchy, hard taco, hard taco epi- episode. Right. <laughs> episode. I think that I didn't really understand that there were corn tortillas until maybe I was a teenager or something. And I started noticing. I think... I think that was the first time I had like non-Tex-Mex tacos. Mm-hmm. And um, I think probably most of the corn tortillas I have eaten were uh, store-bought. Although, for quite a period of time uh, at Essex, the bar that I co-own, we did a taco night on Tuesdays. And we had a lovely woman named China who was our tortilla lady and who would come in and make tortillas fresh at Essex and we played around with using fresh masa and mm-hmm. also using like dry masa yep. and wound up using dried masa because we actually like the flavor better. But anyway, we'll get into all this, okay. but um, but I feel like now I've had a pretty good variety of, of tortillas and, and I'm amazed at the subtle deliciousness of a really good corn tortilla. Yeah, I mean the ones I made are not very good because I have rarely ever done it and so I don't have the the tortilla muscles mm-hmm. built up. But uh, but they're still not bad. Oh, my gosh. I mean, really, people who make tortillas all the time, it's incredible to watch oh, them. Oh, yeah. The, the thing, I, I think, like, uh, unlike a lot of foods, like, there's, there's a very clear tell between, uh, like, someone who doesn't know how to make tortillas and someone who does that— yes. uh, and you don't. And I don't because they might have, like, raggedy edges. Mm-hmm. That's the tell. Mm-hmm. So I do not know how you get the smooth edges on your tortillas. Well, we use a tortilla press. Um, well, yeah, I didn't use a tortilla press. I, I rolled them out between wax. We, we haven't even we haven't even gotten, gotten anyway. off my we haven't even gotten onto my memory I, lane yet. I think too that like, and we'll get to this in a minute. But uh, from what I saw watching China, it seems like it is such a like muscle memory yes. thing. Like 
she knew how much water to add to the dried masa, like just by feel. It wasn't, it, she wasn't measuring things. And I think that, yeah, I mean, like, like so many aspects of cooking, this is, this is difficult to quantify and is very much about feel. Yep. Um, so whereas I had like the measuring cups out and this kitchen scale. Matthew is, the is paper, a is, the it, French rolling pin. Oh my God, you had the French rolling pin. Of out. course, I always use the French rolling pin for literally everything. <laughs> as <laughs> as you heard on our rolling pins episode, which is a real thing we did. It is. It's a it's a good one too. Yeah, I think it, yeah, I think it was right. The velvet rolling pin was a concept <laughs> that came out of that show. <laughs> How do you remember these things? Because I listened to that episode a lot. You listen to it a lot? Well, I mean, like often you go back to it? No. There was a period of time when that episode came out when I told a couple people about it because Mm. I thought it was particularly funny. It it is laced with innuendo. Mm -hmm. It's great. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, the velvet rolling pin is like a sex move. I get it. (laughs) I I think so. I can't can't really remember. Now it's all coming back to me. Mm -hmm. So, um, my memory lane, I also did not have many soft corn tortillas as a kid. When I first remember encountering them regularly was at a Portland Mexican chain that no longer exists, but that I'm sure I've mentioned on the show before called Machismo Mouse. No, and I've not heard about this. It was uh, it was kind of an oddball, like, I, I'm sure not founded or owned by an actual person of Mexican descent, Portland, uh, you know, early weird Portland chain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was quite tasty. And they had this... Uh, Sauce called boss sauce that was delicious, and to this day, I don't have the slightest idea what it was made of. It was like a brown, kind of sweet, tangy, umami-laden sauce. Wow, Portland was always doing things that were kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and uh, and so I would usually order uh, some some like you know street tacos with uh, that were on a couple of each tacos on two tor- corn tortillas, mm-hmm. uh, and it was great. Wow, cool. And then and then after that, like. Uh, you know, taco trucks became a thing sometime after that. And yes. uh, and that's where I ate many thousands of corn tortillas mm-hmm. and still do. Mm-hmm. So you did some research about tortillas for this episode. I did. It it's just takes us a little bit further down memory lane okay. to like, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say the second millennium BC, but I don't know if that's correct. So the first, uh, yeah, that's correct. Because like sometime in like sometime before 1000 BC, mm-hmm. the the Aztec and Mayan civilizations uh, were making nixtamalized corn and and uh, <laughs> and making tortillas. And so okay okay so what is nixtamalized corn? I love this word because it has the word tamal in it, which reminds me of tamales, and which means something else too, right? Well, but those those are definitely related. Okay. So, so uh, nixtamalized corn is like corn for tamales. Okay. Um, and uh, it is made by, uh, first of all, it comes from Nahuatl, which was the Aztec language. Okay. Uh, and there are a number of other words in English that come from Nahuatl. Really? Including, yes, avocado, chili, okay. chocolate, coyote, peyote, and tomato. Tomato? Yes. Yeah, so basically all of the best things plus coyotes. Well, and, and I would argue that coyotes are one of the best things, too. Did you know that there's a family of coyotes in my neighborhood here but in Seattle? That sounds like a bad thing. That sounds like a thing you would want to get rid of. Well, I don't have a cat, and so therefore I'm not very worried about this coyote. But you you have like kind of a wimpy dog. Oh, oh, poor Alice. I mean, I mean that um, appreciatively. 
Uh, yes, she is kind of a wimpy dog, but I uh, like she's wimp- she's wimpy in that she is submissive and she listens to her humans. And so, if she started to chase after a coyote, she would stop. If I I wasn't worried about her. her chasing after a coyote. You were worried about a coyote getting her, right? Well, I never leave her outside by herself. Okay, yeah. We don't have an enclosed backyard. Okay, great. Anyway, but um, but yeah, there's a family of coyotes. Okay, what are their names? Who are the family members? <laughs> Do they have like a sitcom? <laughs> no, they tend to walk up and down my street. Just like sashaying, ambling? Yes, the first time I saw them, I was washing dishes at my kitchen sink. I looked out the window, and there was just this dog walking alone down the street. And I was like, huh. And that- I... I thought it was somebody's stray dog, and the more I looked at it, I was like, oh, no, that is a wild dog. That is scary. That is a like, coyote. That's the scariest thing a wild animal can do is just kind of lope by, just, like, I don't give a fuck. No, this wasn't even loping. Yeah. This was, like, strolling, mm-hmm. sauntering. Yep. Sauntering. Yep. Just, yeah, just, like, I don't care if you see Down me, a major like, street that has a bus route. Right. Like, if sauntering. I had to, I could just bite your neck. Yeah, pretty much. And that's me speaking. I'm not. I'm not pretending. <laughs> yeah. yeah, watch out, watch out. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I've stopped bringing Alice around to our tapings because you're so you're so dominant. Yeah, you just bite people's necks all the time. And well, she's so submissive. I was raised and... by that coyote family, <laughs> and I learned their ways. Oh, that's right. So uh, that's right. I forgot that Mowgli was coyote <laughs> for Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, I also forgot that, even though that was me. <laughs> there, there, are, there are no jungle coyotes, are there? <laughs> but let's say there were. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, okay. So, uh, nixtamalized corn is made by cooking corn kernels in lime water, what, which is where would they have ever gotten this? Where would it's, where would it's the a naturally and... you know it's it's a naturally occurring deposit. So, like they found some water that uh, already had calcium hydroxide dissolved in it. And use that, that to cook just the be corn. Like, like runoff from some sort of stone. Yes, from some sort of stone. Okay. Um, and limestone, maybe. Okay. Uh, and so, and so, then once they realized, okay, this makes our corn much better. Then they figured out how to, how to, you know, here's where you get the water for that. Here's how to make it from this, uh, from these minerals. So what does it? So it, it. So it does a bunch of things. I, okay. I, I knew a little of this, but not much. Okay. So I knew the most important thing that it does is, uh, well, it loosens the hull. Uh, which is which is inedible and you need to remove anyway, so it makes it easier to do that. But the most important thing is it unlocks the niacin that is otherwise not available for metabolism. <laughs> so it's like the the it's like the hipster um, sprouting different nuts and it's things. It's like yes, because it, it hipsters it... invented that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but uh No one ever sprouted a nut. No, nobody before, has ever sprouted a nut. Before it happened in Williamsburg one day. So okay, so this like lie solution, you're you're taking corn kernels, just like ordinary corn? Or was it a special field corn? Field corn. Okay. Which would be like tougher or mm-hmm. starchier? Yeah. Okay. And so, it, so, so. Have you ever it, bought hominy, either either yes. canned or dried? You know, the, the kernels are bigger and harder than sweet corn kernels. Okay. And then you, so it makes the the husk, the hull, the hull easier. The husk is the part around the the ear of corn. Oh, and right. the hull <laughs> is the part around each each kernel. Right. Okay. So anyway, then you, so it it makes it easier to remove that. Yep. Uh, so that's okay. It, it that's makes number one. the ni- niacin available. Yeah, and if you don't have enough niacin in your, in your diet, you get pellagra, and there, uh, which is very bad. What does it like? What does it do to you? I don't remember, but all of these deficiency diseases are horrible. They are, um, and there are a, a number of examples in history of of uh, 
societies trying to subsist on uh, non-nixtamalized corn and getting very, very sick. Like uh, in Italy, this happened, for example. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Did they start nixtamalizing their corn? No, they they their diet became more varied. Okay. Um, Yeah. For for some reason, like this is this is like a Mesoamerican tradition that is that is not found in a lot of other places, probably because we, you know, the Americas have that's where corn comes from. Yeah. And so there aren't other places that have like a millennia old tradition with corn. Wow, this got really serious. Well, and in these kind of like desert regions, you couldn't have grown wheat or something like that or not without like irrigation. Right. Okay. There's more. But wait, there's oh, more. There's more? Okay. Yeah, there's, so, there's so like three more, there's three more things that. that uh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it destroys mycotoxins. Mycotoxins are some bad shit. Is it like bad fungus or something? It's bad fungus. It's bad fungus. Yes, yeah, like uh, so, like aflatoxins and stuff. So, like if you if you're uh, if you're corn or your peanuts, peanuts or whatever, get yeah, those. like yeah. The, the, and it's real bad, uh, highly carcinogenic, um, and uh, nixtamalizing pretty much uh, totally wipes out the, that problem. Okay, it uh, makes the corn tastier. So How does it if do you that. Uh, like how? Well, I mean, through a variety of chemical reactions. I mean, all these things. Is, this it, is fascinating. Yeah. So, so if you if you taste like a tortilla chip versus like a Frito, though a tortilla chip is made with nixtamalized corn and a okay. Frito is not, for huh. example. But I think Fritos are delicious. Oh, for, they are delicious, but it's different. You just different to, flavor. Right. Okay. Um, Finally, the most important thing. Okay. You were going to say something. Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. Carry on. Uh, the most important thing for, for tortilla purposes, not not for like overall diet purposes, is non-nixtamalized corn is not cohesive. So you can't make it. If you make a tortilla from it, it'll just be like a gritty falling apart mess. Okay. Uh, nixtamalized corn, the like the, I don't remember what it is. Maybe I even wrote it down. Uh, no, but like it breaks down the cell walls in a way that like the sticky cell wall stuff gets uh, broken out and can and can bind the corn like uh, you know in a, like a glutinous way. It's not gluten, but it's uh, it's a similarly sticky protein thing. Wow, that's so cool. So so, so wait in like modern tortilla making mm-hmm. or, or nixtamal- like industrial. Yes. Well, where does one get lye? Um, what is lye? Lye is sodium hydroxide. So, so uh, uh, lime is calcium hydroxide. Lye is sodium hydroxide. I think lime can refer to other things also, but it's usually calcium hydroxide. These are just... Uh, and it burns, right? Like if you get it on your skin? You, lye does. Calcium okay. hydroxide is, is weakly alkaline. Okay. Uh, welcome, welcome to uh, <laughs> Wait, I'm just, Chemistry 101. I'm just trying to remember. Is lye what... what uh, is used in Fight Club to burn the back of somebody's hand. Yeah, it's used for soap making. So, why is it used in soap making? I used to know this. Uh, you know, it, you combine lye with with uh, organic fatty acids, and then some shit happens. Wow. Okay. Um, so, where but, does a person buy lye? Well, you. This is not something you want to do at home. Uh, well, I um, know that, but I'm just curious. Well, I mean, you buy it from an industrial chemical supply house. Um, okay. Apparently, also in industrial uh, tortilla making, sometimes they use enzymes for nixtamalization rather than lye. Mm. Could this be our most boring episode? No, this is fascinating. Okay. I feel I feel like uh, you know, as you as you know, as I was saying on the show, I used to I used to sometimes lecture in biology one hundred. Um, and uh, it felt a lot like this, and I was never sure whether anyone cared about anything I oh, was I saying. Oh, I love this. This okay. is great.
This episode is brought to you by Third Love. Molly, can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. What brand of bra are you wearing right now? I'm so glad you asked, Matthew, because I Are you really glad? (laughs) It's actually, it's fine with me. I'm used to it by now. (laughs) Uh, No, you know I love to talk about my Third Love bras. Today I am wearing, it's the wireless bra from the Lounge Collection. It fits like a sports bra, but it does have a clasp in the back, so it's easier to put on and take off. Nice. It feels supportive, it feels comfortable, and yet it also like it it kind of feels like there's nothing there even though it's supportive wow yeah i love the lounge collection when i was browsing through the the third love lounge collection i like i want to just buy all of these and give them to my wife and i'm happy to say that for someone who is on the small breasted side this lounge collection it kind of fits the the sports bra niche that i've been needing for a while i just wore it to an exercise class this morning and um it it didn't like uh, it still made me have shape while also supporting me i yeah. loved it this is amazing all right so you can get your own by going to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Yep. And you get to try it. Remember, returns and exchanges are free. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. So anyway, nixtamalization is a prerequisite for making tortillas. And I did make some tortillas this morning. Mm. From oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You you there in the back. <laughs> Does nixtamalization? Tamalization. Does it refer only to corn or is it something that you can do to other things too? So according to Wikipedia, it is the word is sometimes applied to uh, using alkaline solutions to dehull other grains like sorghum, mm. but fundamentally it's corn. Okay. So yeah, so I made some tortillas this morning. They're okay. not very good, but I'm still proud of myself for getting up early and making some tortillas super, before 1030. I'm super proud of you. It's not even 1030. Uh-uh. Before so, 930. So did you make them from fresh masa or dried masa? Also called masa harina, right? Dried masa is masa harina, and that's what I made them with because you can get it at the at the supermarket. Although I noticed after I brought the bag home for the supermarket that it was like three months past date, but I figured it would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, fresh masa, you need to get it like a, a Mexican grocery. Yeah, when we were using fresh masa at Essex, um, I used to drive down to White Center and pick it up down there at, I can't remember, maybe like La Mexicana or something like that. Yeah. I wish there was a process like nixtamalization that you could uh, you know, use on yourself to make yourself mm. like less less of a toxic person and like sweeter and more delicious. Yeah. And, well, and, and, and stickier. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I guess this process does exist. Well, and also like, you know, uh, I, I like... I told you the other day that I, I suffered a fort-related injury. Right? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. I was playing with, with my child. She's really into forts. I was playing mm-hmm. with her in a fort. And yeah, just over, over a while of sitting in the fort, um, and I guess just sort of like being hunched over, I, I, I strained my neck. Sure. And I'm still suffering my fort-related neck injury. <laughs> but anyway, I'm kind of feeling like if I could just soak myself in some sort of solution, I, uh-huh. I could finally like get these muscles to relax somehow. Do you think Epsom salt is similar to... Do you I'm going to say yes. Great. Epsom salts, there's the ones that are sold in like a carton, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I have no idea what that is. Oh, actually. I always keep them around. It's like magnesium and okay. sodium and stuff. I don't know if it does anything, but <laughs> sure. I, I have to say, 
I enjoy a good Epsom salt bath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you went in, did, did you like go into the doctor and have to check off like on a sheet, like fort related injury? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I feel like if you have a kid, it, it exposes you to a whole new array of injuries and ailments. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure I'm the first person ever to observe this. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it, it begins with chapped nipples mm-hmm. and it just carries on from there. Yep. Yep. Sooner or later, everything gets chapped. Yeah, your nose gets bitten mm-hmm. at some oh. point. I remember your nose yep. got bitten. Yep, it was very painful. Uh. <laughs> I used to when my when my daughter was was like zero uh, and had no teeth. I thought it was so funny when she would bite my nose, and she thought it was funny too. And then she got teeth, and it was no longer funny. <laughs> yeah, what are other uh, parenthood? Injuries. Well, I think a lot of it is I mean, like, certainly my spirit is wounded. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, a, a lot of it, I think, comes down to like, I, I thought my body was still capable of, of like doing, you know, playing this thing along with my kid, but it turns out it's not like, like sitting in a fort, yeah. which a kid can do all day. Right. You know, various kinds of like chasing. I, I've never been called upon to get on a skateboard, like, and I'm not sure if you would actually <laughs> skateboard with your kid, but I know it would be a disaster if I did. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, I don't, I don't, people don't, people just don't talk about this enough. I, I, I don't do any s- sporting things with my kid, but if I did, I'm sure I would hurt myself. I'm trying to think. I feel like, um, so we got a, um, uh, like a Nerf baseball bat uh-huh. and a, and a Nerf ball that goes along with it. And I discovered that once again, I, I had forgotten this for like two decades, but my hand eye coordination is real bad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I could injure someone else, and that would be oh, like hitting a, them with a Nerf bat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of a funny injury, though. <laughs> like funny for you, maybe not. Yeah, funny un- for unlike person. my fort-related injury, which is <laughs> not, not funny. funny. Um, okay, so so tell us about how you made these tortillas. Okay, Matthew. I mixed some masa harina with warm water. And uh, kneaded it until it came together into a ball. I cut the ball up into smaller balls, and I rolled them uh, between pieces of wax paper using the French rolling pin, um, mm-hmm. just just like a Mexican grandmother. And then, uh, did you cook them in? Did I see cast iron skillets? Over cast here? iron skillets, yeah. Okay. So, and as usual, they they came out a little too thick and a little dry and mm-hmm. uh, weirdly misshapen, but still kind of good. What is the name of? Um, I, I've been to a restaurant in Oaxaca City that used um, that was well known for its corn tortillas. A comal? Is that where we're going? Yes, yes, a comal. Yeah, it was so was the, like, so the cool. Surface to watch. for cooking. To watch on. these these women stand around the comal and and make tortillas. Now you said uh, at Essex uh, when you did Taco Tuesdays, uh, your tortilla maker used a tortilla press, yes. which I've occasionally used, and they're so cool. And I don't own one, but maybe if I did, I would make tortillas. Probably not. No, yeah, it would be one of those not. things. Yeah, I. You know what I just ordered? Um, I I was in that uh, you know super duper first world problem situation of like I need to put something else into my Amazon basket to get the free shipping. Oh God, uh huh. <laughs> I'm I'm copying to it. You're not and you're not a Prime member. No, no. Okay, I get a scam, man. <laughs> um, so what I threw in was a uh, a Japanese pickle press. Let's have like an office pool. How many times do you think I'm going to use the Japanese pickle press? <laughs> Negative in my life? one. Negative one. I no. I think one. Okay. My okay. I'm going one. Okay. How do you use something negative one time? So I want to hear this. Well, I was thinking maybe like you 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 buy it and then and then take it to Goodwill before you even use it. Okay, that would be zero. Oh. Okay. <laughs> 
Whoops, okay. So anyway, let's talk about commercial corn yes. tortillas. So I have noticed, I think of commercial tor- corn t- torn tortillas. Torn tortillas. Which can be good in tortilla soup, which we'll get to. Uh, commercial corn tortillas, I think of them as being kind of all alike, but they do seem to vary a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and like once, if you if you go to a Mexican grocery, often they will be making tortillas in the store and and packaging them up. And even those are kind of similar to to commercial ones, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but a little fresher and better. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've noticed like you can get them with or without preservatives. Generally, I buy the ones with preservatives because they're softer and uh, aren't like flaking off in the bag as yeah, much. Yeah. But it kind of depends on what I'm going to use them for. If it's I like, never thought about yeah. that. I, I wondered why some of them seemed drier than yeah. others. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Um, I believe there's a time and a place for preservatives. Yeah. I mean, the truth is... I believe the children are our future, and that's why we need to preserve them. <laughs> no, but seriously, we're all going to die at some point. <laughs> so... so. <laughs> No. no, so what I was going to say is... I just I, hope I, I get to use my pickle press first. <laughs> so I was just going to say that, like... Which is a sex You move. know, I'm... Go- <laughs> so I, I'm okay with eating a few preservatives mm-hmm. in this lifetime if it makes the thing that I'm eating a little bit softer and more de- and more delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's Yeah, that's how I feel about, like, <laughs> all, the, all the garbage I put into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoyed it at the moment. Okay, so when you bring home commercial corn tortillas, how do you warm them up? I, I want to talk about this because I want I want to know how you warm them up. Also, <laughs> Japanese pickle press as a sex move. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You try and picture that, and I'm going to talk about my issues with reheating tortillas. Okay. Um, so the best way that I've found for if they're going to be if I'm going to use them for uh, for tacos or as like a uh, you know a side for for like a soupy bean dish or something like that, nothing to me comes close to heating them on both sides in a hot skillet. Mm. And they take so long. Yeah. Like. Even if I have two skillets going, like, you know, it takes like See, this, this two is... minutes, for 90 seconds, two minutes for each tortilla. And like, I'm going to eat three tortillas and everyone else in my family is going to eat three or four tortillas. I know. Um, I know. This is where, you know, this is this is where you just you need a, a big robot. fancy stove with a griddle portion to it. Yes. Yeah. And a robot. And a robot. Like a, to, like to a flip Jetsons. the tortillas. Yeah. Like a Jetsons. Like a Jetsons. <laughs> um, do you do you have a griddle? I don't have a griddle. No, I, as you have seen, I have a four burner electric yeah. range from the 1950s and only three of the burners work. We on this show use nothing but the best kitchen equipment. Exactly. We, yeah, we are sponsored by all the high end <laughs> kitchenware companies. Viking, Wolf, Four Star, Five Star. Not so, at all. <laughs> those are all the ones I can, Aga. That's oh, the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that, it's not like a big English stove that's like La always Cornu. on. La yeah. Cornue. Yes. Yeah. La Cornue. Hey, if you want to send us a stove. But preferably, check with us first. Pref- Don't just send it. Yeah. Preferably one with a griddle for uh, reheating our commercial tortillas. We are all over it. We will... Uh, Find room again. In, in our I don't spaces. want a big stove to just show up unexpectedly <laughs> at my rental apartment. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so so okay, Matthew, if you aren't in the mood to reheat them in a skillet, 
would you just not eat them? No, no. Um, so some other things I've tried are like wrapping in foil and wrapping them in foil and putting them in the oven, mm-hmm. which it's okay. They get soft, they get but they soft. don't get they don't pick up any like toastiness, toastiness from that. Exactly. Um, I've tried broiling them, which uh, if you get it just right works okay but it's hard to get it just right yeah like anything you broil i imagine you could quickly make very weird tortilla chips yeah exactly yeah um and then uh, okay so you've got your nice warmed toasty tortillas what do you like to do with them a bunch of different things and and i don't like for if i've just like heated them up in a skillet probably i'm going to be having them as soft tacos or as a side dish with okay. something but i also use corn tortillas a bunch of other ways i mean wait we didn't how do you heat them up i almost never make anything remotely like mexican food at home oh yeah so I i'm see. genuinely asking this out of curiosity okay yeah so if i'm making enchiladas like the the toastiness aspect is not needed and probably not wanted because it'll make them a little more brittle. And so, and so you just use them straight out of the bag? No, no, no. I'll, I'll warm them in the oven. Just to make them just, soft. Just to make them soft so they don't flake when I roll them into enchiladas. Okay. Um, I often make tostadas, like real, like, Ooh. you know, kind of down and dirty Tex-Mex style. Um, yeah. Like uh, just, although I guess Tex-Mex style would that, be fried. Do you, but do you uh, get them crispy? Yeah. So I, I um, bake them, bake them off until they start to crisp up and then like put on some, some beans and or meat and cheese on them and then continue baking until they get crispy around the edges. <gasps> really good. Gosh. Wow. Uh, so I recommend that. I fry them for making hard taco shells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did and that. And then do you like curl them around something? I curl them around with using like a like two spatulas, like one to hold down the half of it and have one to curl the top half around. This is immensely fussy. You, you should you should definitely get a video of me doing this. This sometime. is so fussy. I did not I'm know you robot. made your own hard tacos. So, do you have anything like this in your house where you did something for your kid once and then you regret it because they expect you to do it every time? Because this this is that thing for me. Like I I am generally like the the homemade hard taco shells are really good. At the same time, like I'm fine just buying old El Paso taco shells and heating them up in the oven. Mm-hmm. But every time I do that, my kid is like, "Why didn't Why didn't you make homemade taco shells? They're so much better." I'm like, "Fine, I'll make homemade taco shells." It's another thing where you're like standing in front of a hot pan with tortillas for half an hour. No, my kid, I, I can't think of anything that I did once and regret it because now she wants it all the Play time. Play in a fort. Played in a fort. Yeah, played in a fort. Um, oh, man. I got to tell you, I have this this love-hate relationship with reading books to my child. Mm-hmm. I adore reading to her, and yet it makes me so sleepy. Uh-huh. So, oh, yeah. So I wish... I was going to say, I wish I'd never started reading to my child. Because <laughs> now she wants it all the time. That is the official position of spilled milk. <laughs> Do not read to your children. It'll make you so sleepy. It is like uh, the cure for insomnia. Yeah, just stuff him with preservatives and send him to bed. <laughs> um, okay, but wait, what about, so you, you mentioned tortilla soup. I always thought that that was with like fried tortillas, like strips. Um, so it's uh, it can be. I, th- I think it's usually with like oven baked. I, I think it could be fried or or just like stale 
Or, like, I will slice up some corn tortillas and uh, toss them with some oil and bake them in the oven until they're crispy. Matthew, would you, for my next birthday, which is going to be my 40th birthday, so it's a big one. Okay. Would you please make me, like, a, like a, a, a little binder of all the recipes that you make that I love that I don't know how to make myself? Wow. Um, like, would just, you... and, like, simple things, like your method for tostadas, even, like, your favorite brand of, like, canned refried beans. Like, would you tell me how you do your enchiladas, your tortilla soup, your chili? Oh, my God, this chili you made for us to eat with, with these corn tortillas? So okay, delicious. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, yes. Okay. Um, secondly, could you like write down the things you just said? Because like oh. the, the part the part that'll be hard will be like I'll be, I'll sit down like oh yeah I'm gonna make Molly a, a binder of all the things that she said uh, she wanted uh, to cook and and I'll be like I can't think of anything <laughs> like Arnold Palmer's and uh, I feel like this is a gift you would get from from like your sixty year old aunt. That is, and, and that makes me so happy. I would love to. That is my relationship to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, pupusas you wrote down here. I don't mm. even know what pupusas are. Oh. How did I come to host this show? Pupusas are so good. There used to be a pupuseria on Broadway near my house, and it closed. Um, it's a Salvadoran dish that's like a thick, uh, stuffed corn tortilla that's griddled on both sides and always served with this really tart, uh, kind of spicy cabbage salad, slaw, pickle alongside it. Highly wow. recommended. I, I've never tried to make them. Yeah. Um, I imagine it's something that takes a lot of practice, okay. but they're delicious. You can get a, a meat filling, a bean filling. Molly, Molly's writing down her, her <laughs> list of uh, recipe requests here, hence hence the dead air. Oh, Okay, maybe we should just be done now. Uh, oh, the other thing I was going to say is uh, if you if you look at uh, at uh, our website, spilledmilkpodcast.com, probably most of these recipes are already on there. No, but I need you to compile them I need, for yeah, right, me. Right, right, into, into a binder with like a ribbon. Um, yeah, and like, with like your, your picture on the front. Yeah, and like some pictures like, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of at a jaunty angle yeah, pasted inside. Exactly. The Polaroids. Exactly. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. When it comes to bra shopping, it's all about finding the right fit for you. And by you, I mean Matthew. And that's not going to happen, but if you are a listener with breasts, you will find I know. You will find the that there's only one lingerie brand that offers every size you could possibly need, double A through G, including half cup sizes, and that is Third Love. Yeah, find your perfect fitting bra today by going to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk, and you'll get 15% off your first purchase. That is thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. Well, everyone, now we all know what I'm getting for my birthday this year. Great. I am pumped. And also, uh, you can remind me when your birthday is. Okay. <laughs> um, you can, I think that went, that episode, I was pretty nervous about this episode because like whenever, whenever we do something that's like, you know, a really important staple food for a culture or a number of cultures that uh, we are not members of, I feel like, wow, we're going to fuck this up real bad. Well, I mean, we may have. We yeah, may just, for all, we for may we just be like in blissful I ignorance right now thinking, thinking I, that we did a pretty good job of that. Yeah, I don't know if I pronounced nixtamalization correctly. You can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com, a website that is Molly's dream recipe book. <laughs> You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell us what we forgot to say about corn tortillas, which is a lot. Yes, for sure. And um, 
Let's see. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Yep. Uh, on all the major podcasting platforms where uh, we would love it if you would leave us a review. Yes, please do. And um, gosh, if you have any tips for like how to get our hands on a robot to you know, deal with warming up our tortillas while we're warming up other things... <laughs> doing the old Japanese pickle press. <laughs> uh, please let us know. Yeah. So what you're saying is we, we need a solution <laughs> so so that, that the tortillas can be crisping up while while we're having sex. That Well, not with each other. <laughs> not with no. each other. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't mean it to come out that way. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so until next time, I am TortillaBot2000. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Molly Weisenberg. Lettuce sound check. Lettuce. Um, let's get a lettuce sound check in here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.